Hi, Anne and I are here to answer your questions. What's coming next? What were our highs and lows? How is Katie Chin so perfect? Stay tuned and find out. But it must be said, if you want to be really knowledge greedy, you're going to have to join our Patreon. If you want to hear some of the big news about my upcoming projects, as well as a ton of other candid answers and hijinks, find us over at patreon.com slash hughousepods. For $10 a month, you can get all of our bonus content and help fund some of our exciting upcoming projects. If you didn't get a question in, always feel free to email us or send us asks on Tumblr. If you're really, really crafty, you might even find some big spoilers on Tumblr. Maybe even a secret account with an open ask box. But for now, on to your questions. Um, Let's talk about some questions we got. We, yeah. we asked about... Uh, what questions you had about uh, valence and scoring magic and what we're doing. And um, we, we got some, we got some interesting questions, I think um, mm-hmm. some of them more serious so than others. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but let's start with one that talks on valence. Um, we got a question on our Tumblr uh, that asks, what was Will's favorite scene to sound design for valence? Yeah. There's a lot of them. So I'm actually curious if there's like a specific scene that you, I'm sure there is, that you have really, really liked doing the sound design for. Yeah, totally. Um, there's two that immediately come to mind. Um, and I think that one is cheating a little bit. The one that's cheating is the series of montages from season two. Okay. When Liam is going yeah. through a breakup spiral. It's like six mini scenes. Yeah. 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 Um, that was something that I always wanted to do is I specifically wanted to do an Edgar Wright inspired series of transitions um, pulled from um, the sequence in Scott Pilgrim versus the world where Scott is like just kind of dissociated yeah um, and there will just be a there's like a bunch of quick transitions where he's like not paying attention to the conversation um I've always loved that and wanted to do that in a more dramatic grounded way so getting to do that was really fun but I think that that's cheating <laughs> my other one is the scene in season three, this is in the Flagstaff episode, Dark Sky, which is like two or three or four or some shit. Okay. Um, I should really know what episode number it's, it was. It's three. It's episode three because episode three in every season is our favorite one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> it just, it always happens coincidentally. Um, the scene where it starts with Liam, Noel, and Nico on the roof of the RV. Yes. Uh, the tour bus. And, and then getting high and talking about peanut butter. Yes. And then it leads okay. into uh, Liam finding Aunt Lindsay snitching Ooh. about them to her mom. Yeah. Yep. So if you're just listening to that scene and you're not really like paying attention to all of the little sound things, which you don't need to, um, and I tried to like not call attention to it, but... There is so much shit going on in that scene. <laughs> He's 
like the sequence of walking along the roof of a tour bus, going down the ladder of a tour bus, walking from that ladder into the asphalt, the concrete, the front lawn, opening the door, going into the house. Already, that's unreal. I also had to factor in him getting closer to a conversation um, and like listening in on it and then him interrupting. And then I had to do the whole sequence in reverse, but (laughs) because I wanted it to sound realistic and I didn't want to like take you out of the scene, I couldn't just repeat any of the sounds. (laughs) So they're all- Played yourself there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank fuck for Walker 2, the program that lets you uh, do footsteps, which I use for every single character. We've talked about this. It's a godsend. Um, That scene was, it's a long scene. There is a ton of shit to account for. It's all mundane shit. Um, And it was a bitch to work on. (laughs) But I think it was the single most satisfying scene to finish. I'm really proud of how it turned out. I think that it sounds really good. Again, I think that it's nice that it's not like in your face. and I actually really like doing sound design for like mundane scenes, um, adding a lot of texture and like character moments to those. Mm-hmm. So I think this was just a shoe in for my favorite. Um, <laughs> go back and listen again and then tell me I did a good job. <laughs> we asked this in our patron server uh, for questions. And one of the responses we got was not from one of our patrons at all. It was from Katie Chin, who played Grace. Um, And the question was, will you talk about me? Um, Yes. (laughs) And I said no. Uh, But we all know that's a lie, because I love Katie, so we're obviously going to talk about her. Yes. Um, Katie Chin is an awesome stand-up comedian, and you should look her up, and you should uh, go to all of her shows if you're local to Toronto. Yes, absolutely. She's so funny. She's so brilliant. She is like consistently getting funnier and funnier. Um, I also (laughs) want to, this is something that came up earlier this week for reasons. Um, Keep an eye out on our feeds. (laughs) Katie, Katie Shin specifically always came in clutch when we had to name shit. Like every single time. We're all bad at titles. Um, and when we would have to do like tears for the Indiegogo, things like that, she would always come in and be like, bang, bang, boom, here you go. I think she named the Icarus. Like she did so much. She, uh, she just like really always showed up to give (laughs) great ideas. She's brilliant. She's totally brilliant. I, I adore her. She's, I mean, I know we've said this before. Uh, she's so brilliant that we kept Grace in as a character for three seasons when she was only supposed to be a minor role in season one. Yep. Yep. We couldn't get rid of her. gave her like a super pivotal role in the ending of season three, like in the ending of the show. Uh, yeah. Um, (laughs) let it be known. That was the dice. That was the dice. Yeah. That was the dice. We did roll. (laughs) We played through as we do for Valence. We played through that, that, that pivotal scene. It was the dice. It was a nat I assume one. anyone, I assume anyone listening to this has listened to this 
season finale at this point. Like, I feel like there's going to be spoilers here. Um, So, so yeah, it it was the dice. I was playing the character of Morgan Riley and the bad magic and rolled the dice. And the dice said, uh, bye. (laughs) Yeah, the dice said bye hard. (laughs) Now one. She's not just dead. She is smithereens. She is dust gone forever. Um, and we, I keep forgetting that. Um, what was it? <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about like um, our like headcanons for things that happen post valence and oh like my God, yeah. goofy conversations between the characters and just silly <laughs> shit. And I was like, you know, after the end of valence, um, Grace is a stand up comedian and she tells a lot of jokes about Liam because uh-huh. he's such an easy target. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> like 30 seconds later, I was like, no, wait, no, nope. she doesn't. No, she's not. Because I she's not. killed her. <laughs> she is on the celestial plane, I guess. <laughs> Up in heaven. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, God. This... We love you, Katie. Yeah, we love you, Katie. Okay, this question is from LJ in our patron server. And I don't know if it's uh, in context of the characters or us personally. And I mm. don't know. It says, who is going to play you each in the movie? And I'm thinking this is the Valence movie, unless it's a movie about Hug House, which like there's a lot of TV shows and movies yeah. about production companies and the creation. Yeah, so it could, it could be a scoring either magic way. movie. Could be like a scoring magic slash uh, like creation of Hug House movie, mm-hmm. uh, or it could be who's going to play each of the characters in the Valence movie. Well, Valence I know TV who's going to play me in the scoring magic movie. Oh, okay, who is it? Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Done. That's yeah. That's the only <laughs> correct choice. Anne, what about you? I don't know. Aaron See, Tate. <laughs> this feels like <laughs> it feels like such a like burn. <laughs> hey, he's good in some way. He's, he's good. good. It just feels <laughs> it feels like it'd be such a burn in some way though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I guess it would be Aaron Tate. Yeah. People have asked me about casting the actual, like, the characters, if there were a Valence movie or Mm -hmm. show or some such. I can't do it. Um, Half of the reason why is because they are so distinct in my head that they don't look like anyone. And the other half of the reason why is because I don't know shit about actors. (laughs) (laughs) What about... Do you remember when we played it as a Monster of the Week campaign? We had image references for all the characters. I, so I never intentionally pull uh-huh. celebrity faces. I always pull at least what I just think. Just like generic faces. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just like go on Pinterest or and like, look up other like character references boards. and things like that. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, <laughs> I did pick some actor guy for Liam's dad and uh, I was called out for this. I had no fucking clue who this man is. Um, I, I just don't, I just don't know actors. Um, you did, we did have two for Nico that I specifically remember. One oh, yeah. is, I, for, I just blanked on the name of the character from The Magicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elliot. The, like, Elliot, from cool the magicians. Elliot from The Magicians. And the other one was Phil of the Future. Yeah, Phil of the Future. Um, I don't know that actor's <laughs> name. Um, Neither do I. He's Phil of the Future. <laughs> he's Phil of the Future. I also never watched this show. But he did this photo shoot that's like really um, grimy androgynous. That was like yeah. so, so Nico. So Nico. We have um, images of that 
photo shoot with him photoshopped with like green hair to be Nico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that at once I, I could have seen like a Ben Wishaw type for Liam, but I think he's like significantly yeah. too old now. Oh, yeah. I mean, all these actors are way too old now <laughs> that yeah. we've chosen, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know actors. Who who are actors? Do you know, know have any? Do you have any? Oh thoughts? God, I don't know popular like today actors. I only know actors from like twenty years ago. Like right now, I'm rewatching Charmed. So like, <laughs> uh, if anybody listening has ideas, though, I would love uh, to yes. hear them. Please, please, I want to know. Yes. I want to know. Oh my God, wait. You know who should be who I, I just looked up like I just googled like best actors in their 20s uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like this is the only way to do this um Letitia Wright who <gasps> plays Shuri in Black Panther yeah I mean it's kind of like typecasting like she'd be the tech person but she she should be Sarah right she's like beautiful <sighs> she should she is very beautiful I <laughs> I think that my first inspiration for Sarah was actually Jessica Nicole, who audio folks might know from like the uh, Night Vale oeuvre. She's uh, the protagonist of Alice Isn't Dead, but she's also like a screen actor. Um, Yeah, I'm looking at her now and yes, she's more Sarah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yep. No, you're right. The thing about Letitia Wright is that I just, I can't see her uh, in like baggy shit looking frumpy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I make the most chaotic casting choice? Yes. That's um you're you going to hate me for this one. <laughs> okay. Sorry, it's so funny. I'm so, um, I'm so stressed out. <laughs> Timothy Say Chalamet as Nico. <laughs> Who? Timothy Chalamet. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to be anybody, he'd be Liam. Look at how pathetic he is. Ew, no, you're so right. No. <laughs> I I think that he's like a fine enough actor, but like Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> they would. Shut up A24. I love A24. <laughs> uh next question is uh also from LJ, I'd love mm-hmm. to know each of your highs and lows if it doesn't become a downer for us. Hmm. Hmm. I think oh man. There's like a lot of highs. There's like a yeah, lot of yeah. highs. Um <laughs> Do you have any off the bat? Um Okay, I mean, like, the number... I'm going to go through... I'm thinking through, like, in the history of all of Scoring Magic and Valence. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the first the first high was how we went in, like, <laughs> 24 hours from... Uh, hey, do you want to make a podcast, too? This is our production company, Hug House Productions, and we've released a press release, and here's our Indie Yoga campaign. We literally did that in, like, three days. Yeah, we really did. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the first big high, and it was like, oh, shit, we're really doing this. Yeah. yeah. This is something we're actually doing. Oh my God, we can actually do this. It was like the yeah. first we can actually do this moment. And then the next one I think that hit was hearing Liam's voice for the first time and knowing that that was what Liam was going to sound like and like hearing yeah. all the voice actors and having them fill the role in my head. And now that's what they sound like forever. Yeah. Um, um, casting yeah. Caleb as Flynn too was like oh a, my a pivotal God. moment for yes. me. Yes. I was really worried that 
I think that on the page, Flynn can come across a little forced and a little cheeseball if you don't have an actor who is like super relaxed in that role and super naturalistic. And Caleb just fucking nailed it immediately. It was so good. <laughs> um, Flynn felt so real. And we had him cast before we finalized Liam. And that was the first one where I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. really, really, really real. Like, for real. Mm-hmm. And then um, same with Liam, too. Yeah. Um, one of the first, like, lows was we had originally cast the role of Sarah and then didn't hear back from the voice actor who we <sighs> cast. We yeah. had to recast. And that was, like, a really big bummer. But I'm so glad, glad that we got Jordan. I'm yeah. so glad we so. got Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Jordan was the first – wait, Jordan was the first person who auditioned for the show. <sighs> I was physically with Jordan the day that we posted the casting call. We were hanging out in in New York with a bunch of fiction podcasters. We were on the High Line in Manhattan. And I was like, oh, yeah, we posted the casting call today. And Jordan was like, I know, I'm going to go home and record the audition. And I was like, I can't listen to it because I we're waiting till the end. And it's going to be blind audition, so I won't know it's you. And then we didn't cast Jordan. I was like, oh, man, she was so excited. And then we got to cast her, and that was another high. It was like, yes, yeah, Jordan. <laughs> and, like, I love her. I've always wanted to work with her. So She's perfect. so perfect. <laughs> and it was close, to be clear. It was really close, yeah. Like, I think, Sarah, we had like three potentials and it was kind of a toss up. I I think I think it, having Jordan was perfect. She she's she's so It funny. was the way it needed to go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Another big high for me um was the first Indiegogo live stream. Oh um, my god. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That can't be a high for me because I got blackout drunk and I don't remember it. <laughs> oh yeah, we were we were all drunk as shit. Uh, we were like writing on our faces. We were it was like a whole it was a whole thing, but it was so fun. Like everybody was there for at least some period of time, and then we hit our goal during the live stream, mm-hmm. and I was like crying. It was just really amazing, really fun. It just felt so possible and so exciting and so invigorating um i really loved that i i loved getting to hang out with uh some of our cast um in orlando that was really wonderful Um, oh my god yeah that was so cool it was okay it was a high and a low at the same time and i would never do this again because it was so chaotic but sharing a hotel room with some of our cast members and all of us (laughs) together We had had six people in a hotel room in Orlando, and (laughs) it was like such um, Comic Con energy. It was so Comic Con energy, and it was like a revolving door of people in and out of our hotel room. We had blow up air mattresses on the floor, (laughs) like (laughs) roll away beds were brought in. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) yeah. But it was really fun. And it was like it was so fun. We had everybody who wasn't on the cast sign NDAs very genuinely because we were talking about it the whole time. Yeah. We printed um, out NDAs and made people sign them if they were gonna be in the room while we talked about the show. Yeah. Oh my god. And then another <laughs> high was in Orlando playing through the oh gala with Lena yes. there while we were in the the uh train station in Disneyland with the huge yes. storm going on that was so much fun and I love Lena and I just loved hanging out with her um 
That was so much fun. She's a little chaos demon. We need to go back to Disney soon. We can okay. go to Disneyland since Florida sucks, but we can go okay. to Disneyland. <laughs> um, I think another low, and we, we talked about this on Scoring Magic, was the way that we tried to like over-engineer the first season to get the audio in, yeah. and then things got fucked, and then our whole schedule got fucked, and like people were confused. It was really embarrassing. Um, we were trying our best to like make shit as easy as possible for our actors, but we wound up doing the opposite. That was just really embarrassing. I didn't like mm-hmm. it, uh, but we recovered. Yeah. So there's we that. We recovered and we learned and we didn't do that again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that the other low for me was just like, um, making this really vulnerable work while also like, working through this oh trauma God. uh yeah valence was definitely like a huge way that i could work through this trauma um mm-hmm. but it was really really hard and very sensitive um and then i one of the things that i do fairly often is i write really fast um and i just kind of like get it out there and the characters just like possess me and come through me and then I'm on to the next thing (laughs) which means I'll remember like the plot beats but not like individual lines often and then I get the audio back and I have to edit it and then I'm like hurting myself from the past (laughs) (laughs) you know like I'll, I'll have written a line that is very honest and very raw and then I completely forget about it (laughs) You subconsciously trauma dumped into this script and then had to face your own trauma like six months later. Uh huh. Yeah. Ain't that just the way? Yeah. Um, and then also, like, kind of that same thing. And I think this will, like, kind of lead into another, another question is like, the audio industry is really tumultuous. And yeah. I was basically being jerked around consistently uh, mm-hmm. in, in my career. Um, you know, whether working for working with podcast movement, who um, they're one of the reasons that I could leave my day job was because I was working on organizing their audio fiction track with Ellie. Um, and, you know, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, they didn't suck at the time. They severely, I think, underpaid me, but I should have asked them for more. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Um, and then... The event went as well as Ellie and I could force it to go. And then Mm -hmm. we still heard after the fact, like, a few people came up to us and said, like, here are some microaggressions that we got from podcast movement. And that was embarrassing and horrific. Um, And then they went on to be even fucking worse. Uh, And then while we were working on... Uh, season three, I went to podcast yep. movement again and got fucking Ben Shapiro'd. We um, sure did get Ben Shapiro'd, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sure <laughs> did. That's like a thing that happened in my life that was real. Um, and then I had other jobs during that time. I, I was writing for Spotify for podcasts. That's another reason I could leave my desk job. And then they canceled their contract out of fucking nowhere. And I was without my job that paid me a dollar a word, you know? And then I was scrambling for other freelance positions all in all, I'm really glad I love my day job, that's for sure. And like, I certainly made it work. But 
the audio industry is fucking rough. And it, yeah, having to go up against that while also making something that is so important to me was really difficult and really at times dispiriting. Yeah. Um, it, how rough the audio industry is for working in is, the, is like the main reason why I haven't made the jump to go into it from my from my day job because I have yeah. I have had offers to go into it but every time I do I'm like it's so volatile what if something happens at least the totally. industry my day job is in is it's volatile in the sense that I work in real estate the real estate market can change at any moment but yep. it's pretty consistent like houses aren't going to go away <laughs> right people are always going to need places to live so it's a pretty consistent industry Going into podcasting, going into audio, like that's a risk. Like yeah. Stitcher just shut down. <laughs> yeah, literally announced today as we're recording. I don't even want to talk about that. It makes me so sad. It, it's like, but it, it just shows yeah. like nobody would have expected that. Yeah. It, it's crazy. So I, I, yeah. Yeah. That's a low is becoming so in love with the audio industry, especially fiction podcasting, but knowing that it's, very likely never going to be something we could do as a full-time job. Yep. Reliably, maybe mm -hmm. for a year or two, but then like it'll blow up. Mm -hmm. The only reason I could do this is because I don't make money from audio. I make it from journalism, mm -hmm. which um, imagine the tumultuousness and, and horribleness of audio times like 50,000. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Um, yeah. 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 I think those are pretty sufficient highs and lows. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah. So leading into kind of our final two questions, someone specifically asked what's next for Will and then also what's next in general. Uh, so I think these kind of tie together um, because mm -hmm. we've we've got some things that are coming up. Yeah. And so... honestly, I'm OK with spoiling whatever thing is, Will, like at oh this point. God. By the I'm time not. you get this edited, by the time you get this edited and we post it, it will be publicly announced. So, <laughs> well, some of it will. Some of it, uh, yeah, some of it. I would like to post the other thing soon too. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So, I think we should give like a career update for me, kind of where I'm okay, at yeah. right now. Yeah, um, let's, let's that's both been give like magic. Yeah, let's both give like some career updates on where we are because I'm working in podcasting too. Besides, yeah, this, so yeah, um, yeah. So I was working for Apollo, which um, y'all definitely heard like promos of in season three of Valence. Um, I loved working with them, um, but it's a startup; things are hard. So I got laid off, um, and when I got laid off. Uh, I had just come from Discover Pods, which is the site that I was the managing editor for. Um, Discover Pods had been bought and I was laid off from there. And then the site, I'm not thrilled uh, with what has become of the site, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was just like totally totally disillusioned with the industry, with journalism, with audio. I, I considered myself pretty much out. 
So ever since uh, my day job, I've been writing, I've been doing copywriting and copy editing um, for a nonprofit. I'm not going to name which one. I don't feel like it. Um, It's (laughs) fine. And it is the most normal job I've ever had. It's not without its hiccups, um, but it is really normal and really quiet. And I just get to write like pretty straightforward, sometimes pretty fun copy and it's really nice. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to stay there. I don't know what the future looks like from here. But I'm pretty content for, for now. Like, I think it's been really good for me, especially moving across country and things like that. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. been really good to just, like, have a quiet job where I'm not a public persona. Um, I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. <laughs> Nobody is anyway now. (laughs) Right, right. Um, I don't really have any like, it's just just nice not being like seen as a big influential voice. It gets really exhausting. It's Um, nice not being just not being seen all the time, period. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think that I've ever had that ever. Uh, (laughs) Working in journalism. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even back in, in high school, like the job that I had was commission based high stakes retail. Like, <laughs> And then you worked at the radio station in college. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I, I could have been like a normal employee when I worked with international students, but I wasn't. And I was constantly no. like the one speaking up about shit. Um. Anyway, all of which is to say, we'll see what comes next. I might have some irons in the fire accidentally. I don't know what'll come of that. I'll mm-hmm. keep y'all posted. If if there's updates, I'll let you know. Yeah. And what about you? Um, I've been pretty consistent, luckily, since I got out of college. So I've been working for, oh God, this year was seven years. Wow. I work in real estate investment. Um, and it's a normal day job. Uh, an office job and I do finance and operations management. Now I've just described it in a very boring way. My job is so chaotic. Will can yes. tell you. Yes, I it do is. 50,000 things every day. I do every job. Yes. Um, I do a million things all the time forever. Um, I talk a lot of shit about it because it's a job and you do that, but I actually, I really like my job. Like I like that it's so chaotic. I like having different things to do all the time. I got yeah. so bored when I worked in, when I was just doing bookkeeping for this job, I was so bored all the time. Mm-hmm. So I actually asked, I did ask for this. I was like, please give me other things to do. Uh, <laughs> it came with money that goes with that. So it mm-hmm. works for me. And it's not something where I'm public facing all the time. Like I, yeah. I don't have to worry about anything I do in podcasting isn't going to affect my day job. Yeah, like so I, can, nice. I can go on Twitter and shit talk podcast movement and it's not going to affect any of my income (laughs) which is so nice and not have to worry about it risking that you know um they keep asking me to get to make a podcast for our real estate company and i'm like i resist it every time uh they keep trying they tried again today and i'm like that's so much work and i don't want (laughs) to no 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 no, no, no. um there's a chance they listen to this i don't know but (laughs) go away my boss emailed me happy pride on Sunday night out of nowhere. I, I was like, I don't know what's going on. So anything could happen, really. Who's to um, say? And then this year is two years that I've been working with Tink Media. 
Yay! Doing account management and marketing for people. Um, I just run marketing campaigns. I'm their fiction person. So anything that's fiction adjacent, I get put on that one um, because I know this industry. Yeah. <laughs> and it. then this this past month, I started doing uh, what I'm good at, which is operations and finance for Tink also. So <laughs> if you work with Tink and you get an invoice, it's coming from me. <laughs> and I just keep us organized. Yeah, I get to play with Airtable and Notion all day. Like, come on. Perfect. Um, yeah, so that's what's up for me in like the real world. But what about, we didn't talk about anything in the podcasting world about what's up next, Will. Um, and I think we do need to talk about some things that we're doing. Yes. Because there right. are two things that are more present. And then there's two other things that are down the road more. <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. The two down the road more things we can maybe hint at. Yeah. But the we, other two we things we can talk about in our last episode, we but did. I, that's I true. A little more into detail. Yeah, you want to talk about those first, and then we'll do the big reveals on stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nope. To find out more about this, all Patreon.com/slash/HugHousePods. We just finished a recording for <laughs> episode five of a new nonfiction show that we're doing with our favorite uh, killable character, uh, Giancarlo Herrera, um, <laughs> 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 who uh, you may remember as Luis in Valence, um, who we killed off and then brought back every season anyway. Uh-huh. Um, because we adore him. <laughs> We adore him. We can't get rid of him. So we've roped him into another project with us. Always. Uh, <laughs> always. We, we, were, we've, we started working on this show in 2020. And then, <laughs> and then, and then COVID happened. <laughs> we recorded an episode in 2020 and everything. Yeah. And then everything happened and we, we fucking just never tried, went back man. to it. We tried. We tried so many times. <laughs> every year, every like few months, we're like, let's go back and do it. Let's do this again. We have to make this podcast. Um, but this year we finally did it. We're finally making it. We've got five episodes recorded and one episode edited. So Will, I'm going to give you a little drum roll and you can put it in an edited one. I'm not going to actually drum roll and make you listen to that. Um, <laughs> oh, you want me to do it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're going to tell, you're going to say what it is and tell us people about it. Okay. Ready? Yes. It's How to Act for Reldon, your audio field guide to all things Dragon Age. Uh, it's so much fun. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's really nice to be able to like goof off and do another yeah. like, fun pop culture podcast. It's been a while since I've done one. Um, Anne and I are both Dragon Age uh, super fans. We adore mm -hmm. it. And Giancarlo has never played a Dragon Age game until now. So... You will get to listen along as Giancarlo plays. You can also watch. He is streaming um, twitch.tv slash Whimsic Productions. Um, each week or each episode, I guess, we go into a different topic, whether it's like lore or mechanics or the history of the games. Um, one of us comes with like tons of research and we talk about it and we have fun. We talk about like, like, how Dragon Age represents our ethos on like storytelling and immersive storytelling and like what makes a good magic system? What makes a good setting? Um, does Dragon Age do it well? Probably not. Um, 
it's a really good time. Um, if you like hearing us talk and be goofy, I hope that you join us. If you like Dragon Age, I hope you join us. And if you don't like Dragon Age, don't worry. There's plenty of content for you too. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like Dragon Age, don't worry. We've got something else coming. Um, yeah, the something else that hopefully by the time we get this edited and um, and posted... We'll have put up rest about and have uh, it actually existing is an upcoming show from Sammy Sweezy, the creator of Desperado. Yes. Um, it is called Levian. It is um, uh, like gay pirates uh, yeah. with a political intrigue plot. Yes. Um, is like the really short elevator pitch for it. <laughs> it's tremendous i i know that i'm biased here but like i am also very literally a professional podcast critic um so i hope you don't take it lightly when i say that this is one of the best audio pilots i've ever heard um it's like right up there with afflicted in as much as like the best ones i've heard in the last several years um sammy is such a powerhouse his vision is so both like clear and robust. Um, his dialogue is terrific. His characters are enchanting. This world is so much fun. And I think that it is very, very different from what is out there right now in audio. Um, and all of that ties into these like greater themes that Sammy is obviously so good at working with. Yeah. If you've listened to any Desperado, you know how it goes. Um, I, <laughs> I am so honored. To have him as part of Hug House. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm so, I'm so glad that Sammy is like letting us take this show, not take it, but like bring it to life and yeah. let us be a part of this because yeah. I, it's, it's been such an amazing experience because Desperado is the first show that wasn't ours mm -hmm. that we've brought into the network and having Sammy on the team and having Desperado and now we're going to have Levian and it's just, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. What a so, perfect natural fit. Like, I love Desperado from yes, episode yeah. one. So <laughs> having yeah. him part of the team, it's just like, I don't know. I'm very humbled by it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Levian should have a pilot and an Indiegogo campaign out by the time we post this episode. Mm -hmm. So uh, go. we'll be dropping that on our feeds. And we'll be dropping it on our feeds, go into the show notes and go listen to the pilot and the Leviathan feed and support uh, the Indiegogo campaign. It's to produce the remainder of the season. Mm -hmm. So um, if you want to hear more, then you've got to uh, put your money where your mouth is. Yep. Um, <laughs> this show is going to be important. I feel yes. it in my bones. Yeah, it is. It is a uh, cast and crew of majority... I think almost all marginalized creators. Mm -hmm. um, it has a lot of really, really good themes and topics that I think I think are gonna be really important. Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but like, I have recently <laughs> had a surge of nostalgia, probably because of like um, our flag means death. But like, looking back on the first Pirates of the Caribbean film. <laughs> It's so fucking good. Uh, it's so good. And I really think this is going to, like, scratch that same itch. Um, but with 
less Johnny Depp, which I think is really important and good. I, yeah. <laughs> I keep describing it when I'm trying to like, I feel like describing podcasts, especially fiction ones in terms of TV shows that people might know or movies mm-hmm. that people might know is like a really important way to pitch them. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I just turned totally. on my marketing brain because I've been trying this with Tink and like, mm-hmm. hey, this is how we need to pitch fiction podcasts. Um, and I think it's really important that we need to get fiction podcasts to a different audience. Yes. Like we need to get them to people who don't already listen to podcasts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think a great way to do that is like comparing Leviathan whenever I've tried to pitch it to people so far, you know, I'm trying to get my marketing people, you know, hyped about it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's our flag means death and game of Thrones and pirates of the Caribbean. Like, yeah, all of these shows totally, totally. all in one. Yeah. It's got like the high stakes and political intrigue and like, air of general seriousness of game of thrones but i don't Mm -hmm. think it takes itself quite that seriously it has with less bad writing at the end yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um and it has the sort of uh setting of pirates of the caribbean and our flag means death it's certainly more queer uh than everything but our flag means death um it it also has that sort of like means death (laughs) It might be more queer than our flag means death. Yeah, you know, it actually might be. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it also has, and I don't want to give too much away, but like some weirdness to it. Like one of the things that I really like about the first Pirates of the Caribbean and kind of that series overall, though, it just it really got bad after the first one. is like, yeah. it's weird. There's weird shit going on. It's like... <laughs> There's like magic-y supernatural and you're like, what? Huh? It's got some weird shit. It's really good. It's really good. You're going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's next for us. Yeah. Um. Oh, Will, you're doing the dialogue editing for the rest of Leviathan too, right? I think we talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love dialogue editing so much. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, you didn't do it for the pilot, but for no. the rest of the show. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm doing the transcripts and yes. I'm doing a lot of the marketing work and my typical things. As you do. As I do. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. So that's where we were and where we're going to be in the future. And I think that's it. I think that's it. This episode was written, recorded, and sound designed by me, Will Williams. It was produced and transcribed by Anne Baird. You can follow Scoring Magic and all of our shows at at HugHousePods on Tumblr. You can also find full transcripts for all our shows at HugHouse.Productions, and links to all these things in the show notes. rumble oh it's it we've been on calls for like three hours i think it's time to stop in our 10 minute break um (laughs) i ran out to the kitchen um where amanda had made dinner (laughs) 
and I fully ate a like baked chicken breast uh, oh just God. with my hands over <laughs> the baking sheet on top of the oven like a creature and I'm not gonna lie it was like really satisfying <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>